it was what any um, really emotionally abusive relationship was. Um, manipulators are really good at being really bad to people. And often they take the things that are actually the best about you and they attack those. And, you know, unfortunately for me, it was one of those things where the better I got, the worse we got. Welcome back to another episode of the Underdog Podcast, where knowledge nuggets aren't something you eat, but something you learn. On this week's episode, myself and Kyle sit down with coach and sports psychologist, Dr. Jen Welter. Coach Welter has accomplished many firsts. Along with being one of the greatest women to play the game of football, in 2015, she was the first ever woman to coach in the NFL with the Arizona Cardinals. She also talks about the growth she had after walking away from an abusive relationship. So without further ado, it's Dr. Slash Coach Jen Welter. Yes, you have done your homework. You already know that your mind can only hold one thought at a time. So it, you, everybody should have their uh, their theme songs, their warm up songs that that mode that they need to get into. Because it, you know, if if you have if you're not aware of it, you will be after I say this. We all know that song that you put on, and no matter how mad you are, you can't help but let it slide in and make you start like moving to the beat. That is the beauty of music and your mind. So keep those songs at your at your disposal. Have those playlists ready for the mode that you need. We naturally do it as athletes, but it can work for anyone. Yeah. I don't think this has ever happened in a podcast. This is the first here on The Underdog. She already, right off the bat, stole question one of our hot takes, <laughs> a.k.a. you did, which was, I had I have all the questions here, Dr. Jen, is get, give advice on the energy theme song or playlist to get in the right mental ability what songs are on yours? So let's just start off with that. Since, <laughs> well, since you've already we'll, teed it up, Mr. We'll Blackman. We'll work our way back. We'll work our way back. <laughs> so what what is on your, because I, I, I did listen to uh, a lot of different content that you have out there. And one thing is what you just had mentioned. I was curious, what is on your, what gets you into that right mindset? What is that song or what's your playlist? What artists or what songs? Um. Oh my gosh, there's so many of them. Um. One that everybody gets a kick out of it is Alu Black, I'm the Man. Um, Great that should be on everybody's playlist. And you know, when I usually say it, they're like, but wait, the man. And I'm like, have you ever listened to the song? <laughs> right. Um, and if you listen to the words and, but especially me being in the boys club, they love that answer. Um, you know, and, and I don't think it's different. I think it's mentality. Um, I am definitely a hip hop girl, right? Like give me a beat. I want to get up. Um, and certain songs will take you back, right? Like, uh, what was it like? Let's go. If you want it, you can get it. Let me know. Like that was in all of our warmups for the Dallas Diamonds. I can still picture like our warmups when that came in because it was a video, right? That's how powerful it was. Um, Are you Eminem's always good. Jay-Z. Um, give me a little Diddy. Uh, Snoop's a good friend. Better put him on there. Give me a little Ja. He's a good friend as well. So ja Rule? Um, really, there's a lot of songs that can that can steal my heart. Um. Yeah. All right. All right. So who who's taller? I know you're five foot three, right? Is you or Jaw Rule? He's taller. What is it? He is taller. Oh, he's taller. Okay. Okay. All right. You know, I lovingly say that some of my friends just keep me around because I make them look tall. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. uh, You know. 
whether you said you, you're, you got a big heart and you're big on a lot of different things as, as your trailblazer, as he mentioned, but really what, you know, what I found out and I'm going to call you doctor or coach, sorry, you're, you're one of both, you're a trailblazer. You're the first of many, but you really used football as a platform to change the world. And I know you hear this a lot. Um, but let's start right there. Let's start at that moment. Um, and I know there was things such as just to go back and to build up slightly to that moment of becoming the first female to be an NFL coach. Um, you know, almost you, you were living out of your car for four months, an abusive relationship. Um, you know, you're basically homeless to my understanding to a certain degree. And then fast forward, you know, then you're the first NFL coach as a female. So can you kind of, I, I want to give some uh, parameter around that some of the adversity, I know you've been through more than just that, but I thought that's something adversity that stuck out to me. And then being, you know, that first ever coach, uh, let us know or tell our listeners a little bit about that. You know, I, so one of the things that I love about football is it's the place in the world that I learned I could be magic, right? Step on the field and those white lines and I could do anything. At five foot two, I could play six foot 10 and I did. And I think when you find magic in one area of your life, you realize that you can be magic in so many others and that you deserve it. Um, you know, I, I left that relationship. I chose to walk away from everything. Um, and I, and I knew I would be better off if I could get away from that toxic situation. Right. And it was bad. It was, you know, it was what any um, really emotionally abusive relationship was. Um, manipulators are really good at being really bad to people. And often they take the things that are actually the best about you and they attack those. And, you know, unfortunately for me, it was one of those things where the better I got, the worse we got because the more insecure and the more jealous he became. Um, he certainly was not happy when I took off his engagement ring and replaced it with a Super Bowl ring. That was probably um, that was probably the beginning of the end, I think. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I couldn't help, but I didn't realize that, you know, Super Bowl rings, when you get them, like you have to actually size them up because they're so thick. So I didn't intentionally get it to fit that finger, but that's the one it wanted and it took it back. And I lovingly said I was married to football, right? Which was very true. But it was one of those things where I remember distinctly having to learn that there was a power in not letting him bother me anymore, right? Like there was this moment and I was at that point, I had three Super Bowls, right? Like world championships or whatever you want to call them. The women's equivalent of a Super Bowl, right? Three Super Bowls. I was a multi-time pro bowler. I was, I had a master's in sports psychology and was ABD for my dissertation. And he looked at me and he was like, you know, it's a really good thing you're pretty because you don't have anything else going for you. Oof. And I just remember like, that was like a moment for me because I was like, that's so ridiculous. It's funny almost. Right. And, and up until that point or at certain points, 
when you're in that bad situation, it'll break you down, right? We all have a pre-programmed response. Would it, would you yell back? Would you cry? Would you, you know, do one of those things that we're used to when somebody's being terribly mean to you. And I remember I just looked at him and I was like, Oh, and you're not even pretty. And I kissed him dead on the lips and I walked away and I knew that he didn't have that control anymore. Right. And there, there are points in our lives and decisions that we make that fortify us to realize that we're capable of more, right? And that we deserve more, right? I remember him saying that he was going to do everything in his power to ruin my life. And I was like, but you're not that powerful. So for me, walking away from everything said just that. I don't, you know, we had a, we had a big, gorgeous house. Well, you know, great. It was gorgeous, but it was a cage, right? So it was like a gilded cage, but you're still trapped. And so being able to, I think, really just walk away. You can't control me with any of those things. I am good on my own. I will figure out a way is something that has made me who I am because I am self-made. No one has ever believed that, you know, first of all, whether it's five foot two or female or any of these things that what I've done in football and in the world was possible. So whatever challenge that is now, I just kind of look at it and I'm like, hmm. All right. So what are we going to do about that? Right. And if it's, you know, if it's something that's specifically in this football space or if it's the way in which football can move society, right, which is even more important than just football as a game, um, then those are the things that not only motivate me, but I also have this belief that it is possible, right? If, if you can play a football season and live out of your car and win a Super Bowl, which we did that year, then to me, the rest of the stuff is just details. What advice would you give to, because you, you're going to use, you're using football, as you said, to, to change the world and especially for, for young women. What advice would you give to a woman who may be going through what you've gone through, but she doesn't have. Sorry, I need you to just be a little bit louder. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't hear you. I'm like. Amen. I'm like, you have this like lovely, lovely voice. Oh, and here I we go. Is hey, that better? Bring some energy, coach. They, like, keep just flying over maybe they know it's greatness and <laughs> uh, i know. love it this is the this Call, is another right. great podcast shut up i got this all right he, he does all right. he, he, um yeah. what advice would you give to uh, a woman who may be going through kind of what you went through but she may not have those magic lines you say as we can all relate to when we get out there you know we're in our space what advice would you give to a woman going through to find those magic lines that may be there for her you know um it, there is a place or a space in this world where you feel good, right? It might be with your dog. It might be with your kids or your family. Um, it might be cooking in the kitchen. It might be something that you're really good at that you maybe even put aside because it wasn't serious enough, right? Like there were many times when he'd try and separate me from football because it wasn't going anywhere. Like, oh, you're just crazy to think that you can make something out of this. Like, how long are you going to, how long are you going to go after this? Right. That's what manipulators do. Right. They look to, first of all, there are a lot of the times some of the most charismatic people 
that you've ever met when you first met them. Um, People get surprised by that sometimes. And I say, okay, well, let's just think about it. If you were going on a blind date and the person showed up and punched you in the face, um, would you be like, oh my gosh, I love you? Or would you be like, hey, crazy, you're going to jail. Okay. So they don't start that way. Okay. Um, It gets that way. But the way they do it is they tie you in right through things develop connections that make it harder to leave, right? Like you might get a dog together, have a kid together, buy a house together, things that make it interconnected, right? Which makes it easier to say, like harder to say, I'm out because this is just not good, right? And then the next thing they do once you get interconnected is they work to separate you from your support systems, right? And the places in your life that you feel the best. Right. Because when you're supported and you have people around you, be like, he said that to you, what a jerk. Right. Or no, 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 you don't have to deal with that. Right. They'll often move people away. Right. And they will make fun of things that you're good at because when you take away what somebody is good at, what do they do? They feel bad. So for anybody in that situation, the first thing is let's look at things before they get to that situation. People who love you should want you to have other people that you love in your life, other people who are close to you. It shouldn't be an either or, right? Somebody who truly loves you wants you to be surrounded by great people. So it should be a little, you know, take notice if somebody doesn't want to meet your friends or doesn't want you to have friends or family, right? If everybody around you is broken down for some reason, that's, that's a, a warning sign. Right. Um, And then if you start to feel trapped, bring other people in close. Right. So that you have additional strength because good manipulators will try and isolate you. And then the other thing is don't give up the things that you love. They don't have to be seriously profitable or the end game in your life to be good parts of your life. Right. You deserve to you know, go snow skiing. If you love to snow ski, go running. If you love to run, do the things that make you the person that you are, because somebody who fell for you as a certain person, if they really do love and appreciate you, they're not going to want to instantly change you. So, um, try and, and keep your support, but really do look for the places, whether it's painting or playing football or something that, you can just find joy and the people who love and support you are going to want you to be happy and they're going to want you to be supported and you can bring them into it, but don't let them take it from you. Can you talk about, cause you're talking a lot about strength and you just touched on fear <clears throat> and Kyle put here in the notes. Uh, one thing you talked about with fear was when you have fear, go do something about it versus trying to stop it. It's not always negative. And then another thing that I saw along the lines of fear was excitement and anxiety manifest the exact same psychological or physiological, I'm sorry, symptoms that fear puts off. So being strong, having the strength to walk away, being having the fear of bringing people in, how have you been able to overcome that fear and really kind of touch on, I guess, your 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 thought process when it comes to fear and, and the definition of you know what it means to you? Yeah. So, you know, it took me a long time to really realize that I didn't have to be the, 
you know, baddest be on the block linebacker in all areas of my life at all times. In fact, I could help a lot more people um, by letting, you know, letting my humanity shine through and say, you know, if it could happen to me, it certainly could happen to anybody. And it's not an indicator of your worth or that you're, you know, not smart or you're not strong or any of those. And that was the way I found courage to share what I'd been through. You know, hopefully you're not going to freeze yourself out of a good day. Yep. Well, I think that the trash guy was trying to get you ready to roll. He's trying to give us some, some extra. I loved it that here in the inevitable, it's inevitable, right? <laughs> it's like the, it's like in the gym, in the locker room, it's like you have a full sea of lockers and all of a sudden there's four guys right next to each other or, or gals. So, right right yeah. there. Yeah. Right. Just timing is perfect, but no, I love it. I love it. It's fantastic. One thing, you know, I also, I guess overall kind of my, my thought process and a lot of your leadership and what you're willing to share, which I think is great. You're really, once again, changing the world and pushing things forward is just being realistic. I think that's one thing I saw. And you said motivation is not always, you know, constant or consistent if you're real, real about it. And you talked about like shoveling snow and slippers, like just finding a way to getting the job done. And it doesn't have to mean that you're at a hundred percent physically or mentally, but just finding a way to, uh, to, to get it done. You know, you might not have the, the optimal, you know, everyone thinks that you got to be at an optimal level at all times. And I think you talk about that. Can you kind of touch upon our listeners on, you know, not the being perfect all the time and in that if you're realistic with the situation, it helps you be a little bit more self-aware and overcoming adversity. Yeah. I mean, I have people ask me all the time, like, how did you never quit? And I laugh because I'm like, well, I might've quit like three or four times in a day, but then I quit at quitting too. Um, right. And, and it might mean that you reevaluate something or you go a slightly different direction. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's not hard. And it doesn't mean that you don't have moments where you don't have the juice or you're not sure how you're going to get there, or it just feels too hard. Or, you know, you wonder like, am I insane for kind of thinking that these things are possible? And yet what I, what I tell people is like, you know, momentum is powerful, right? And if you're blocked in one direction, Maybe you just need to get up and make your bed. Maybe you just need to go and like clean up that spot that you've been looking at when you were supposed to be doing this work for like 15 minutes and you keep looking at it. So just get up and go do it, right? Because if you're stuck somewhere, then what we tend to do is be like, oh, I can't believe that I'm stuck. I don't know what's going on, right? And the mind goes and goes and goes. So If you feel stuck, whether it's in your direction or your thinking, get up, change your energy, put it to something that you can check off and start creating some momentum, right? Motivation is also not constant. Um, You know, some days you get up and you feel like you could leap tall buildings in a single bound. Some days you will run a marathon and other days the best that you have is shuffle and slippers right? And you guys know those slippers, they get caught under your foot, right? <laughs> like you try to lift your foot too high and then you step down and then you got the roll under your foot. So you just, all you can kind of do is scoot, right? But the truth is that even scooting is powerful, right? Because mm-hmm. you didn't quit. 
yep. right? You, you moved a little bit and that recovery might have been what you needed to see things differently or to let your energy come back. You may have just needed to veg out and watch football all day. You may have needed Netflix and chill and that's okay. <laughs> What's not okay is, you know, sitting stuck and punishing yourself to like punish yourself into productivity. And so then you neither get anything done, nor do you get like the rest and recovery that you probably needed. Um, and so I really do believe in listening to your body, your energy, and finding ways to do other things, right? Like, don't just guilt yourself into feeling like there's only one thing that's important. If you have other things on your list to do, sometimes checking them off will help you through a day, even if they weren't the ones that came first, but you create some psychological momentum for yourself, alleviate some of that mental pressure. And then you're like, oh, this is what I need to do. Duh, no problem. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Um, one thing, one to touch upon. I was gonna say, don't go to rapid fire. No, I'm not going to rapid fire. Um, I think you you talk about being in the moment, staying neutral, um, really focusing on the now. But I want to take it to a little bit more of a, a a bigger picture here for a second. So you say to be the first, but it can't be the last. Um, you have to set others up for a sustainable future, and that's something you talked about, obviously specifically with the game of football, but in in a grand scheme in the world as well. And going into that, I know 2015, you mentioned, it's kind of funny, you got dropkick into success, but uh, touch upon kind of once again, the, the NFL, like being that, uh, that, that uh, trailblazer, trailblazer. Thank you. See, look, you're helping me out today. No, I got you. Coach. Um, Sarah Thomas, you know, she, for those that don't know, she was the first female referee in the NFL, how that kind of played into your story. And then really the hustle as well of getting to, you know, the Cardinals, I found some interesting, you know, making phone calls or even calling to their website and into their office and different things. And now all of that has led into 10 women, I believe, plus women are now in the NFL. And then Katie Sowers last year in the Super Bowl. I know that was a lot I just rattled off, but can you kind of put that all together for our audience? Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, Sarah is a dear friend to this day, which is probably one of, you know, it is definitely something that's very cool. And I, I lovingly say, you guys are football players, so you'll get this. I mean, I was a linebacker, D-line. There were not a whole lot of refs who liked me. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, right. you know, they'd be like, uh, yeah, we'll be watching you today. I'd be like, thanks. <laughs> so to have a friend as a referee is pretty huge. I mean, that might, that might be the history in the making right there, anybody who played with me. But... Um, you know, going to the Cardinals, uh, that opportunity came from going toe to toe with the guys directly, right? Like I played men's pro football for a season and, you know, survived. Um, I, I told Michael Strahan that I bounce well, that was the only, you know, that was the only, uh, way I could explain it. But what happened in that process is that the guys and I, you know, had teammate respect, right? Like that love and respect that you get. And it became something that we all really rallied around. So going into the following season, when uh, former Dallas Cowboy Wendell Davis took over as the head coach, he saw how the guys reacted to me. 
and was like, who is this girl that all my guys love? And they were like, coach, that's your running back. And that caused him to basically sit me down and grill me on football and everything else. And I impressed him. And so the next day, all he, he said, like, all Devin and I could talk about on our way home is how you have to coach this football team. And I was like, no. He was like, what do you mean, no? I was like, no, 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 girls don't coach football. I'm not doing that. And Wendell said, not a lot of guys are going to give you this opportunity. You're taking this job. And in fact, he did take the job on my behalf and then told me about it. And he said, you can't quit. Otherwise, the entire narrative surrounding women coaching in men's pro football will be, we had a girl once and she quit. Now, where I may have not seen that I was ready or the right person to um, necessarily coach because women didn't coach, um, I also wouldn't quit. So that's why I say he drop kicked me because, you know, uh, he kind of got my number and he was like, oh yeah, no, oh, you won't do it. Okay, great. So I'm gonna take the job on your behalf and now you can quit if you want to. Well, I don't quit. Like I don't, I mean, I don't quit. I don't know. Um, what that is, right? Um, so um, he definitely, sorry, I got some weird restart now reminder. Talk about the story of my life, right? Um, <laughs> so he, got, he gave me that opportunity. And then when Sarah Thomas was announced as the first female ref in NFL history, I was coaching in indoor at the time. And somebody asked Bruce Arians if he could ever see a woman coaching in the NFL. And B.A. said, the second a woman proves that she can make these guys better, she'll be hired. So I talked to my head coach about it. And he was like, well, yeah, we should call we should call him. Like, can you get me his number? And I literally was like, dude, you played in the league. Can't you get his number like <laughs> easier than I can? Right. Like, why am I getting the dude's number? I don't have any NFL connections. Like the closest I've been to his sidelines was the nosebleed section. And yet he kind of challenged me to like get his number and he would talk to him. So, I mean, I didn't even know how to go about it. I kind of go on the website and find a number. And I was like, Hey, yeah, you know, I'm calling on behalf of the head coach of the um, text revolution who heard coach Arian said that, um, you know, the second a woman proved she could make these guys better, she'd be hired. And though it's not the NFL, um, you know, my head coach wanted, Bruce to know that there was already a woman coaching in men's pro football. And I think I told that story probably about 875 times um, <laughs> and got, you know, moved to Bruce's assistant. And um, Wes said, you know, I think BA would really want to take this call. Give me your head coach's number and I will have him call him back. Well, it was like three days before the NFL draft. So you guys know, unlike the movie draft day, like nothing but draft happens up to the draft. And so I, I thought I had gotten blown off, right? I didn't think that this was going to happen, whatever, but I was really proud of myself that I had the balls to call the Cardinals, right? <laughs> like, holy cow, I can't believe I called an NFL team. And about two weeks later, BA called and talked to Devin, um, and then eventually invited me out to OTAs where we hit it off and then said that he wanted to bring me into the Cardinals. Um, and so for me, um, being the first is, is important in that 
you are the fullback, right? Like you're the lead blocker and your job is to make sure that that hole is open for whoever to run through. And oftentimes if you're that person who's first, you may not always be the one running forward, right? And you may be the one who they, they don't like because it was a hole they didn't want open, right? Like the other team's not happy when you score a touchdown, right? Um, but to be able to, you know, create other opportunities um, is what really makes that powerful, um, not only for the women who are there, but for everybody who gets to see it, right? Is it a guy who sees that a coach could be a male or a female? Um, is it a girl who sees that she could be there? Um, and that's where the really, um, you know, where you see sport influence society as a whole. Love it. Uh -huh. and, and those that don't know, BA, because people might not all be football fans here on the podcast, but is Bruce Arians, a legendary coach, uh, was with the Cardinals, now with Tampa Bay. So he's now coaching Tom Brady. He's and, I, and I loved, uh, real quick, the Tom Brady quote you had also, you can't have 11 Tom Brady's on a field, right? So the diversity and strength, strength and diversity. And I think that the overall diversity inclusion, which we're in the employment business, which is extremely important to uh, continue to raise awareness on diversity inclusion in many different ways. And I think you just said that right. Do you look at a coach as just being a male or is it who is the best coach? Who can make my players better? And it was great to see that Bruce Arians uh, at Arizona gave you that opportunity, which then has opened up the doors, as I mentioned, to a lot of different other folks. You know, re recently, obviously last year, the the notable story is Katie Sowers, I believe it is, <clears throat> in the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, I think that's so critical to say, you know, you weren't just the first, you've built something to last. So congratulations on that. Uh, I'll, I'll keep calling her doctor. So um, <laughs> I love the psychology piece of it. More importantly, like I said, I think you're impacting people, not just, just past football, as you've mentioned, but, um, you ready for some hot, hot topic questions? Jeff, you got, you got a few more minutes. Sure. Okay. Sounds good. Sure. I know we're going a little bit long here, but, um, since you guys already answered my first one, I'm going to actually give you something different. Um, so I, I, I've assumed or heard, I guess I can't even speak now. You got me a mess, Calvin, uh, as a headhunter, which you used to be, what was your biggest, cause we're in the recruiting field what was your biggest direct hire position you placed or what was the fee? Do you remember? Oh, so I placed all, um, all administrative assistants. Um, but I, the biggest day I ever had, I placed two people for one company and I think I made $21,000. One was 10,000 and one was 11. Love so it was it. a good day. See, look, hey. see, we have a direct hire division now in our company. So I'm going to have them. We got to play this. I'm definitely. Yeah. So if you're listening, doctor slash coach Jen is closing 21 grand a day. That might've been her best day, but we expect that now moving forward. So <laughs> good stuff. Uh, so this is going to be for the football heads because I know what it is. I know the, the what I enjoy about being a coach um, and going toe to toe with coaches on the board and, and everything. How often do, when you were coaching, 
with coaches, you mentioned it, they always want to test your football knowledge. How often do coaches want to go toe-to-toe with you on the board? And I would love to see you go toe-to-toe with my, with my co-host here uh, on the board from the defensive perspective because he's a former quarterback, and I, I think you could probably shut him down. <laughs> well, you know, thankfully, like, my job with the quarterback was just to make his life difficult, right, as a <laughs> pass rush specialist. So – we probably wouldn't be on the board toe to toe. I would just have him on his back. Okay. Right? Ah, yes. I like it. I like it. It's all I needed there. Uh, so, <laughs> so you know, my, my sack count is high and my D linemen tend to be very hungry. So, you know, and that was really fun too. Like as somebody who was five, two and was a great pass rusher to be able to like take it. And I'm like, yeah. And now I get to take all of that and put it in this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I have to take all my, um, and, and, you know, one of my best things was actually uh, really technique within stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that came from being so undersized mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, I was never going to outbig anybody. So I had to be really on point for technique. And that's one of the things that the guys really appreciated. Um, you know, we didn't get the access to as complex as schemes when I was playing. Um, probably not shocking, right? Because we were playing... Um, you know, work by day, play football by night. So I am, I am one who loves to learn more and more, but I am definitely a box person over, over a secondary. So your quarterback might have the advantage on that end, although I'm going to guess that he's not going to get the ball off. So, okay, there you go. Right. And if you look in Madden, my team is team shutdown. Um, with the philosophy, if they can't score, they can't win. So you you do know where I, in, in, but I, I do believe sometimes we overcomplicate and we take some of the, the actual, like we do give some of the players paralysis by analysis mm-hmm. with some of the, and you see them lose the ability to play fast. So I like a balance between complexity and deception and actually being able to play fast and free. Yeah. Um, all right. So as we come to a conclusion, this isn't really um, a rapid fire question, but I think, you know, listening to this, doing all the research on you, you are on your way to doing some great things and you're not going anywhere. And I say that because there's a quote that you said that you used to tell players when you would make a tackle and you would say, hey, baby, do you need a hand up? because I'm going to be here all day. And I just think you're going to be here, not all day, but for a long time to come. And just want to say thank you for, for your time today, for sure. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, what can we do to you know pass along your story or for them to follow, you know, our listeners to follow you online? What, what, how can they engage with you? Yeah, for sure. So my website is jenwalter.com. Obviously, I've had it since before I had the PhD, so it's been there a while. Um, Welter 47 on Instagram, jwelter47 on Twitter, Dr. Jen Welter on Facebook. Um, I don't know if I'm forgetting anything. I think that's it. Um, that's great. That's great. And we'll... Um, it's like a welterweight in boxing. So I've been punching above <laughs> my weight class my whole life. Yeah. No, I, you... and funny? Like I have a weight class and I'm not even heavy enough. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's, it's, man, I just, once again, Calvin, I think that was a great way to conclude, but uh, thank you so much. You're an inspiration to all of us. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, you know, we, we can't wait to see what's next for you. And, and I know one of the big things um, I do hope I'll say this at the end, I think you said the next step 
for you know the game of football as a as a female owner and uh, I do hope that happens in the near future I think that'd be a great thing uh, for for the game and a majority owner I guess that would be appropriate statement and uh, hopefully that does happen yeah I you know I hope we see I think what's going to be really important um, in football as we go forward is that there's more diversity um, and representation across the board, right? Football is this beautiful sport that like, when you look out on the field, right? You see, we need everything from straight hustle to straight muscle and a whole lot of crazy. Clearly I'm the crazy, but we need, you know, ownership and um, leadership at the top levels, right? Head coaches, GMs that represent our society and give us all the place to look and say, wow, I could be that one day. Amen. Amen. We'll appreciate it so much. Couldn't say any better. That's a great way to end it. Thank you so much. And we'll uh, hopefully be in touch soon. We'll let you know when we're going to release this as well. So I'll reach out to you in the mail. Thanks for listening to the underdog podcast. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on the Apple and Google podcast apps and send our Twitter handle a screenshot of your rating at underdog pod with your shirt size for a chance to win a free t-shirt. See you next week on the UDP.